Hi, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Well, something has been on my mind lately because it's been on your mind lately, or at least some of you have told me this. Um, The question is, the question that I get a lot actually from teachers is how do you actually balance um, you know, the rigor of the standards and, and the high expectations that we're supposed to have of our students, how do you balance that with their actual developmental needs, you know, where students are right now? Um, I know a lot of teachers over the years who've told me that, you know, their administrators or consultants or, you know, workshops they've attended or authors that they like to read, they all talk about, you know, we need to have high expectations for our students, and we absolutely do. We need to have high expectations of ourselves and our colleagues as well. Um, But also the fact that, you know, we've got these, uh, at least here in the states, we've got the Common Core State Standards in many of our states. Other states who don't have those standards have, um, you know, often just as rigorous of standards. Um, And different places around the country or around the world, you know, you have definitely expectations that you're expected to meet with your students as well. And the issue is, We've got, you know, these lofty goals that we want our students to reach, whether it's a standard or, or, you know, a learning goal that we write for them, or maybe it's a special education goal, you know, for a particular student. And the problem is, is that this goal is kind of hanging out there in left field, and we've got the student right in front of us, and we know where they are right now in the development of that, and there's this huge gap in between those two things, where the student is and the lofty goal that we've set for them. And what often happens when teachers are pressured to increase the rigor of their lessons without having the understanding of how to do that properly is that, um, you know, we make things, first of all, too hard, or we don't understand different portions um, of a lesson that can be more complex. And then in turn, what that support looks like while you're helping students navigate through that complexity. It is not necessarily an easy thing to do. Um, It's definitely doable. Um, I know it's doable because I've seen many teachers do it, and I felt like I got pretty successful at that as well in the classroom, and that's what I try to demonstrate with teachers. When I hear folks say, oh, well, that might be great for your kids, but my kids can't do that, I think that's a bunch of baloney. I think all kids have amazing potential, and I think we have to figure out exactly how to scaffold that and what supports to use and when to administer them, when to take them away, and kind of do that that kind of dance with our students as we work towards those lofty goals. And this, to me, is really what teaching is all about. It's not about a particular curriculum. It's not even about a particular standard or goal that we've set. And it's not even about a particular set of kids. I really think the magic that, that teachers really provide is how to do that balance between you know these standards and this rigor and um, and the developmental needs of kids and where the rubber meets the road are the particular instructional routines we can put in place that we can um, use as part of our scaffolding approach and to actually support students in their development towards those goals that's why you know we can't just have you know computers teaching our kids you can't just put them in front of an app and expect the app to do that kind of work um, this is really kind of people kind of work. And so um, with that in mind, I'm currently developing a resource for you. I think it's going to take the form of a really short um, ebook where I outline the particular um, literacy routines that I like to use to help me determine um, how 
how to support students and what types of support they need based on where they are. And it's really foundational to the teaching that I do. And it's something I talk about a lot with teachers, but I thought, you know, it needs to take kind of a more formal sort of format to make it, I think, um, easier to digest for people. So I'm currently working on that, but I really, really value your input. Um, I would love to know what, in what areas do you struggle most with that balance between these high expectations and these rigorous standards? And how do you meet those developmental needs of students when those two things just don't seem to uh, want to coordinate very well? I would love to hear your stories and uh, your questions and even just the things you wonder about or the things that, you know, you really question um, your effectiveness around those things. Good teachers are very reflective. I know you are. I'd really love to get a peek inside that kind of reflective process going on in your head. That would really help me to do a better job at producing a tool that I think will be more useful for people. If you could email me um, at julieweb at letcentric.com or you can DM me on Instagram or post on Facebook or even you know um, send me a message in Twitter. In any way that you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you. If you're on my email newsletter, you can easily just um, you know reply. Don't do reply all, please, but <laughs> you can just reply and let me know what are you reflecting on with that balance of rigor and developmental needs and, and how does that look in your classroom? How would you like it to look in your classroom? And what are areas that you think you could use some more support? So with that in mind, in the meantime, I'd like to point you in the direction of a great set of resources that are available online and they're free. The resources are created by the Literacy Design Collaborative and uh, you can find them at ldc.org. Now, if you're not familiar with LDC, they're an organization um, that partners with schools and districts and even you know state level groups to provide training and curriculum and assessment resources that actually reflect an appropriate level of rigor and high expectations for each grade level K through 12 with regards to literacy instruction. And I know the organization well and many of the people in it uh, because I've actually consulted with them for several years, um, helping them develop you know, reading rubrics for common core standards and assessment materials and even um, some curriculum pieces for how you differentiate each standard depending on the different stages of development. And LDC has some amazing, amazing resources available. And like I said, they're free for you to use. If you go to ldc.org and there's a button near the top of the page called Core Tools, click in there. You know, once you've perused around the website, click in Core Tools and do um, go ahead and sign up. Like I said, it's free, but you just need your email and they won't send you a million emails all the time, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, but if you sign up in Core Tools, you get access to this whole database of um, you know, lessons and assessments and rubrics and all these things that align to the Common Core standards. And like I said, even if you don't have those standards, these are just really solid literacy lessons and assessments. Uh, they are they really have high expectations and rigorous demands of students, but the supports for that at each grade level are built right in. And uh, you can sort by all these different features. And there's like little mini tasks in there and there's longer ones that feel more like a big unit. There's amazing things in there. And some of them were developed, well, many of them are developed in conjunction with, you know, actual teachers and schools and, and the people on the ground every day influencing the development of those resources. and using those resources in their classrooms all the time. So as you wait for me to develop a resource for you, I highly encourage you to go to ldc.org 
and um, sign up in the core tools section and take a look at what's there. They have wonderful, wonderful things for you. Now, in today's episode, we are episode 31. We're moving right along. We're going to take a look at the concept of a growing plot. Now, a growing plot is one where um, the events kind of build on themselves and it gets very repetitive as we go. And it's very easy to identify a growing plot once you know what it is. And we're going to take a look at that today with the text Muncha, Muncha, Muncha. Now, if you've read Muncha, Muncha, Muncha before, you understand what I mean by a growing plot. And if you haven't, listen for it today. You'll notice right away how the plot builds almost kind of like in a pyramid or a stair step kind of fashion, which is actually the form our bridge chart's going to take. So we can make it really visual for students exactly what's happening in how this text is organized. I love Muncha, Muncha, Muncha because the main character's frustrated response to the rabbits who are stealing his you know, vegetables in his garden um, is really humorous and very well written. And what I like to use it for is I like to show students how the word choice is really subtle but very carefully chosen. And the, also the way that the plot builds on each event and it's really fun to explore that with kids and for them to try it out in their own writing. So we're gonna take a look at those concepts today. Before we get there, I wanted to alert you to a free lesson that's going to be coming to Litcentric Insiders. So if you recall, Litcentric Insiders are what I refer to um, as the teachers who are on my email list. And um, you can join my email list anytime. There's links right on litcentric.com on the homepage. And also in the shop tab, if you take a look at any of the resources in there that are free, there's a whole freebie section when you, um, when you, download something like that you can get on the email list that way too it's really easy to do and next week for episode 32 we are going to um, talk about the book meanwhile which is one of my absolute favorite books of all time by jules pfeiffer and um, like i said i'm going to provide you the lesson that goes with that for free now this lesson is part of the growing bundle of lessons that i have for litcentric radio Every single um, episode of the podcast, as you know, has a lesson that accompanies it. It's the lesson that we talk about in in the show, but it also has um, extra resources for you that I don't really discuss in the show, which is uh, the text dependent questions that go with the text so you can actually have an engaging read aloud with your students. They're available for you to print on sticky notes that you can stick right into the mentor text so that the question's right there for you. You don't have to glance anywhere else. It makes it really easy um, to plan those lessons. I also have for you in there um, an image of an example bridge chart that we describe in the show, and then also the writing task that goes along um, with these lessons, because the whole idea of a bridge chart is to bridge understanding from um, reading the text and discussing the text into producing some particular outcome with the text, in this case, often a writing task. And so this is really kind of a whole, it's almost like a series of mini lessons that comes together so that students develop particular understanding, not only of a text and the comprehension um, kind of strategies and approaches with that, but also actually has a particular outcome where they have to uh, you know, think through the text, demonstrate additional comprehension, and work on some of their writing um, abilities. So there's a lot going on, as you know, with Litcentric Radio Lessons. And next week, as I said, we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite books, Meanwhile. 
and written by Jules Pfeiffer. And he's actually a Pulitzer Prize winning cartoonist. He's fantastic. He has lots of great books and they're very quirky. And meanwhile, happens to be my favorite by him. Um, I'm going to share that lesson for free. And if you would like a copy of that, you need to sign up on my email list. As I said, if you go to the LitCentric.com homepage, you scroll about halfway down, there's a big link button there that says LitCentric Insiders. And it says, I promise I won't you know, smother your inbox. And I won't, I don't send very many emails. Um, but in there, if you sign up, you'll be on the list to actually get the lesson when it drops next uh, Monday. We always drop on Mondays and it's going to be on uh, January 27th, 2020. That's when the lesson will be there. And um, only Litcentric Insiders will get this free lesson. So you want to make sure that you sign up before uh, next week to get access to that. All right, well, let's take a look at today's text. Muncha, muncha, muncha. For years, Mr. McGreeley dreamed of planting a garden. He dreamed of getting his hands dirty, of growing yummy vegetables, and of gobbling them all up. But he never once tried it until... This spring, said Mr. McGreeley, this spring, by golly, I'm going to plant a garden. So he hoed, and he sowed, and he watched his garden grow. Lettuce, carrots, peas, tomatoes. Yum, yum, yummy, said Mr. McGreeley. I'll soon fill my tummy with crisp, fresh veggies. But one night... When the sun went down and the moon came up, three hungry bunnies appeared. Tippy, 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 pat. Muncha, muncha, muncha. So I bet you can tell now what a growing plot looks and sounds like, where um, each time uh, the bunnies, you know, did, uh, had to kind of navigate a new issue, right? So uh, first, it, it was muncha, 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 and tippy, tippy, pat. So they were doing those things. And then with each obstacle, we added a new layer of language and activity for those rabbits. So spring hurdle, dash, dash, dash. And then um, the scratching that they had to do, dig, scrabble, scratch, scratch, scratch. And then the uh, splashing at the very end, right, where they had to go through the trench. Now, not only do the bunnies do that each time, but uh, Mr. McGreeley also has some other language in there. When he's furious, you know, each day he comes back and sees, you know, more of his vegetables are gone. The language there builds as well. He has like gnawed sprouts and nibbled leaves. And, you know, each time that language kind of builds. He also changes his word choice here um, where uh, he first refers to them as bunnies. Then he calls them flop ears, then puff tails, then twitch whiskers. So even that, you know, the author has been very clever to um, kind of change up the language there and get creative in different ways that you can call a bunny rabbit, which I've never thought of calling a bunny rabbit a twitch whisker before, but that's pretty awesome. And also something to notice that builds each time, which students will pick up on, is the fact that Mr. McGreeley gets more and more angry with each event. So first he's angry, then it describes him as really angry, then really, really angry, and finally he gets furious at the end. So with the bridge chart, we're going to actually combine all those elements. And because some of these, some of this language is going to be on sticky notes, 
um, in those three by five kind of style ones that almost look like bricks, right? So as we build the chart, it literally builds like a brick wall would, except it's in a stair step fashion. So the kids can literally and concretely see how the story builds and, and grows and really compounds on itself um, and with those subtle changes. So they can really understand that that particular plot structure has an actual organization to it and, and in fact, a real structure to it that you can actually see. Something I think I'd ask them to do afterwards with this as part of a writing task is to locate an opportunity in one of their stories where they can actually add this growing plot idea. So where in there can they, um, you know, take a character's emotions and increase them with each event or add some repetitive language that builds each time? It's actually not that hard to do. And uh, repetition in writing is something that kids can actually get very good at at a really young age. It's not that difficult of a task compared to some other kind of, you know, character development and those types of things. So if a student can actually use you know, determine particularly good word choice and then use that same word choice in a way that repeats and builds on itself. It's actually, it, it's a good way to show a more sophisticated piece of writing, even though the level of sophistication is not that hard to achieve. Well, I hope you'll try out this growing plot idea with Mencha, Mencha, Mencha. And I think once you've taken a look at how that plot works, you'll notice growing plots in a lot of children's books. Um, I think there's that that um, idea of the routine of it and the way that students can um, easily kind of predict what's going to happen next, I think really brings a lot of joy to stories like that and a lot of satisfaction to a reader. And I think that's one of the reasons children's authors like to do that. So it's a lot of fun to explore, and I hope that you will try that out with your students. Don't forget to follow Litcentric at, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, and basically everywhere you go. The easy way to do it is if you log on to litcentric.com, you'll see at the very, very bottom, there's icons there for you to follow me at all those different locations. So you can easily click on those and either follow or subscribe depending on, um, depending on which app you're using. And also, don't forget next week, the lesson for episode 32 for the text Meanwhile by Jules Pfeiffer is going to be free for Litcentric Insiders. So don't forget to log on to litcentric.com and sign up there in about the middle, um, halfway down of the homepage, you're gonna see that big button there. Very easy to do, and I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.